Rod Builders, save the date. On April 12th, 13th, and 14th, Angler's Resource will host the Mastering Rod Building Seminar in Foley, Alabama. The event will feature a series of presentations by some of the biggest names in the rod building community, along with vendors, live music, free food, and even a keg of beer. The event's free to attend, but entry is limited to the first 150 spot people who sign up. So to reserve your spot, visit anglersresource.net slash seminar. That's anglersresource.net slash seminar and fill out the registration form on the Hope page. See you there. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Mastering Rod Building Podcast. I'm your host, Bill Faulkner. And today I have with me uh, a good friend of mine, director at FlexCoat, director of operations, director of development, director of problem solving, director of everything, John Cates. So welcome. Some of you- Hello, hello. Yeah, many of you know John. I mean, you've met him at ICRBE or any of these, you know, number of rod shows because he's kind of been out there in the community. But if you don't know him by name, there's a, about a 90 to 95% chance if you call Flexcoat during normal business hours when they're open, John's the guy who's going to answer the phone, right? And uh, John has been part-time uh, at Flexcoat's going back to like turn of the century, <laughs> 2000, 2000, 2001, somewhere in there. And then full-time, like I said, as a director for uh, almost 13 years now. So John, thanks for joining on behalf of FlexCode and, and welcome to the Mastering Rod Building Podcast. Yeah, thank you. You know, uh, I will say I wasn't, I wasn't director for all those 13 years, but yes, I kind of built up to that. Tell it to the judge, man. It's all good. Yeah. It's all good for me. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm, yeah. I, I appoint you. I'm knighting you director okay. for all those all right. years. I, I'm just, I, don't, I don't want anybody to listen to this and be like, yeah, <laughs> I'm giving you an honorary directorship dating. Okay. I'll give it to you back to your part-time days in 2001. Okay. Right? All right. Fine. Yeah. Let's yeah do so it. we'll start, you know, I know you knew this was coming, right? Like, uh, I think obviously everyone is tuning in, uh, very familiar with Flexcoat. Flexcoat is the original rod building dedicated company providing products supplies and equipment for rod builders yeah and 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 uh, you know we're gonna have roger sort of the founder and the mr Flexcoat on another episode to talk about the history of the company and that kind of stuff so i won't get into it now but i think we all know what america wants to know right now and that yeah. is and i'm hoping you can settle it and like okay. be on the record with it forever and, and that's is it ciders or cedars it's cedars. Yeah, like Roger this, Cedars. Like a cedar tree. Like we haven't, right. we're in Central Texas. I'm in Central Texas. Right. There's cedar everywhere. And right. whenever I first met Roger and his family when I was in the seventh grade, yeah, seventh, eighth grade, I just thought it was spelled C E D A R, like a cedar tree. Right. Right. And then I I don't remember when I saw it spelled out and I was like, what is that? Right. <laughs> but yeah, it's 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 like it's like cedars. Yeah. Like a cedar tree. You never know in Texas. Uh, my, I say this as my mom's family having immigrated through the port of Galveston from Germany and okay. settling in the hill country of Texas. You get a lot of German and Czech influence. And if he were in Germany, yep. we'd probably say ciders. You're right. It is cedars now in Texas. So thank you for yes. being on record and settling that for us. Hey, in Texas, we butcher not only German, but, you know, uh, everything, you every language, <laughs> we yeah. make it our own and, and it's really not very intelligent, but we do. <laughs> well, you, you more than make up for it uh, as a native Texan myself, I can say, I'd like to believe you more than make up for it by how well you influently you speak barbecue. There so, you go. There we go. I'll That's right. That. If you ain't had the Texas brisket, you don't know what you're missing, but Cooper's uh, in Lano. Okay. 
Oh, there we go. Which one was it? Sorry. Cooper's in Lano. Cooper's in Lano. All right. He's got a personal favorite. There it is. He's on record. Yeah. No. We'll, 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 if we run out of material, we may have a barbecue debate. We can get into that <laughs> a little bit, right? Um, but so, John, thanks so much for joining. You got I it. What I want to talk about today, obviously, Flexcoat uh, makes a full line thread coatings. Um, you got the original high build. You got uh, light formula. You've got uh, what Ultra V. I Ultra mean, v. you have color preserver. You have brush cleaner. You have five minute epoxy. You have thirty minute epoxy. You have uh, what paste. is it? Tough, tougher than hell paste epoxy or hell or high water? Hell or high water paste epoxy. Yeah. So yeah. full line of that. But what I don't know, a lot of people may not know, is how much equipment you guys manufacture, right? Yeah. And so you also make rod wrapping equipment, rod finishing equipment, power turning equipment, and all this kind of stuff. And so one thing, another thing I should say that people may not know beyond that, I'm I'm very fortunate and I love this. I'm trying to knock them all off my list, but I've been in, I have personally walked most of the facilities in North America that make blanks, that manufacture their own blanks mm-hmm. and finished rods. And there is one common theme in every single one of those. And that's when we go through their finishing process, right. guess whose drum dryers are in literally every single factory I've ever yep. been in. And that's flex coat. So talk to me about that. How'd you guys, you guys have been in that business a long time and, yeah. and you're still in that business. You're, you're still making and tweaking. So talk to me about the kind of the OEM manufacturing equipment side of flex coat. Right. So we'll start with the drums. So, okay. you know, obviously that precedes me, you know, Roger with another gentleman, they kind of came up with drums and, and, and that, I don't know exactly when that was eighties in the eighties, late seventies, early eighties. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. But you know, I could speak to it and and they did a great job. Okay. Obviously a lot of those machines are still turning rods right now, you know, and maybe with a motor change every 20 years or whatever it is. But and for the record, I've seen some home built home shop dryers. yeah. Yeah. And so, but I'm talking about drums that can hold 250 rods. Well, uh, each drum that we make, and I don't know how far they go back with this design, but the design that we currently make uh, is a drum that holds uh, 78 rods okay. per drum. And then we right. make a double drum. Right. You know, you just double that. So with that 156. So, yep. and that comes with uh, the two drums, which are on a, you know, I, I think, you mentioned the homemade versions the, a lot of times they have trouble with sagging. You know, they right. don't make the, I mean, ours is over engineered yep. steel, heavy, right. you know, welded yep. by an awesome welder. And, yep. you know, it's all, uh, as I like to say, we don't cut a fat hog on these, uh, on these drum dryers. We, we cover our costs. We build them as good as we can, as cheap as we can, as fast as we can. And then what we want is we want to, give that facility or that OEM manufacturer the best drum. And it comes with a finishing tray on it with one of our motors and everything all rigged out. Awesome lighting. You know, we, we cover it all. And what that does is it gives them that piece of machinery in their facility to turn rods on for decades, but we want them to use our finish, right? Right. Yeah. Like we're not cutting the fat hog on the machine and we're going to go through all this works. I mean, start to finish those work, those drums can take three months to make. Yeah. And they're significant. So if, and and part of bringing up the homemade one, just to say, this is a different animal. This is not a homemade thing. And I'm not trying to take away from anybody doing homemade anything. I get guys calling me all the time saying, Hey, I'm trying to make my own wrapper. And I'm like, great. How can I help you? You know, I, 
it, custom rod building is custom rod building and why not take that to another level and if if they want to buy wheels from me or yep. a bare motor or whatever it is hey let's do it awesome yeah and and so but i think why that was i would have said i know flex coat really well but that was really a surprise to me to see that and i'm literally telling you they are in every factory that has motors yeah, that that's work. awesome and and, and yeah. many of whom have tried other solutions and said yeah we, we get we get yeah. that we get right. that but and so the reason why I bring that up though is you kind of have this uh, OEM commercial grade heavy duty yeah. DNA, right? Oh, and yeah. so um, one of the things, and and you and I've talked about this many times. I'm a big believer in you can research all you want, you can read ten thousand words, you can talk to everybody you can, but you don't yeah. really really know until you buy one and try it yourself and do your That's own right. thing, right? And That's so right. my very first motor i ever bought in 1995 when i was starting as a rod builder was okay. a flex coat 6 rpm rod okay. drying motor yep. i still have there you go that, and it still works it, if you treat maybe, it right it'll treat you right yeah it's maybe not as quiet as it once was but it runs go. like yeah. a top and so yeah. i will not name names but i have burned out every <laughs> other motor from everybody else i've ever bought including the ones that i made myself where i purchased them yeah you know yeah. it at Granger, at the scientific supply place or on eBay or wherever. So, you know, yeah. again, I'm with you do whatever you want. And if some people, I love this term Vic Cutter used uh, when he was, Vic. he was on, he was talking about being a maker, right? And a yeah. lot of us are makers and that's part of what moves us to, yeah. to make rods. And we also tie flies and maybe we reload or we do other, we would turn wood, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, but it's like, I'm with you. If some people really enjoy, like my buddy, Joe Nicklow down in Houston builds beautiful fly rods and he has designed and evolved for years, his own wrapper. And it's like a furniture grade yeah. piece of equipment and it's oh, gorgeous yeah. and it stores and it's compact for what he needs it for. So if you enjoy, if you're a maker like Joe is, and you enjoy yeah. making that stuff, do it. But I'm a maker. Us, yeah. You are, you are <laughs> definitely a maker. We're going to talk about that. Yeah. So, you know, but but if you don't want to do that or you just want to build yeah. rods or you just are tired of stuff burning out, you know, yeah. flex coat is a really good source for not the cheapest thing, but the very no. best thing that can be made. That's going to last yeah. you a lifetime if you take care of it. So, and you, John, you're interesting. And this is part of why I wanted to have you on is one of the things that's real different about flex coat too, is you have a catalog and you have set products. And, and for those of you who don't know flex coat, you can order from them directly, either retail or wholesale. Obviously, if you're doing wholesale, you got to provide some business license documentation, that kind of stuff, or they have the oldest, longest standing, broadest distribution network of probably any rod building component, like anywhere you get stuff, has flex coat, right? I won't even yeah. name them all. Google it, and every single place that shows up probably sells flex coat. So you can yeah. certainly find it if you already have an account with a, a rod room or a get bit or, you know, a HFF custom rods or a mud hole. You can get flex coat stuff there, but yeah. you can also call and talk to John. And if you need something right. a little bit different, right? So yep. recently, uh, I say recently, within the last 10 or 12 years, I converted to, um, to power finishing on butt wraps with a brush. And so I bought the GM 200, which is the original flex coat in the gray uh, box, gray box, slip clutch, lifetime piece of equipment. Uh, oh, I bought yeah. mine from Lance Dupree at Swampland tackle okay. and it it's great, but I wanted to, I needed some help modifying it and, and getting it to fit on my Renzetti laid bed. And so mm -hmm. long, that's kind of how I got to know John was I started calling and being like, Hey, have you got any more of these brackets or do you have this or that? Or can we tweak this out? And then he's, yeah. 
And so we were doing that for a while and you said, Hey, I'm working on this new thing. And I, I don't, yeah. I, I'm not sure Roger thinks it's going to be a good idea, but, <laughs> but I've got this DC motor that's reversible and whatever. Have you, what about that? He you definitely didn't that? think it was a good idea. No, I don't want to beat up on people, but no, I, no. Yeah. You know. Hey, that's between you and Roger, you and Mr. Yeah. Cedars, you guys yes, can, uh, you guys can figure that out. But yeah, that's one of the really interesting things you do. And you sort of jokingly mentioned being a maker, but you are, yeah. if you want something a little different. Yeah. That's not exactly like the stock product. Or if you're just trying to look for something, you can call John and John will actually make something for you or modify something or adapt something and, and yeah. often at no additional charge, right? That's right. That's so, right. You know, I think when you first look at the equipment, the other thing that's interesting about the FlexCode equipment, and, and you guys just bring such a practical, hands on, no BS kind of approach to things. A lot of this stuff is made with what I guess I would call it like furniture grade plywood, maybe, or how well, do you describe it? Yeah, it's it's a melamine coated uh, MDF. Okay, so what? Why do we choose that? Well, you know, I and trust me, that's one of the things that I looked at changing. Yeah. I was just like, well, maybe we should go away from this. Yeah, and I started looking at you know aluminum beds and all these different aluminum things and right, you know, making it look maybe more high tech and all this right. stuff. And I looked at all that stuff and, you know, price wise and application wise and how it worked and everything. And I just, I just go, you know what, this, this melamine coated MDF is really great. It stays flat. So yeah. it's not like a plywood <clears throat> or a wood that can warp. Right. Okay. It'll stay flat. The only thing that can really ruin the MDF that we use is if you soak it in water. Yeah. Okay. Or you, drop it on the ground on the corner or something yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah. So if, if you're misusing it, you could have problems or if it's in a flood. But other than that, I mean, we get stuff like we were at the show, the uh, ICRBE and uh, forget the gentleman's name. I feel so bad, but he brought up. We, we, uh, we won't tell him. Maybe he's not listening. <laughs> he, he brought up one of the uh, original hand wrappers and that thing was ancient. Yeah. And Roger signed it for him. Oh, and, that's uh, awesome. And it, you know, that thing is, it's been through it, well-marked, well-grooved, oh, yeah. everything stained, yep. you know, all that stuff, but he's still using it. And yep. I, I still mean, have mine. I still have mine that I got when I got that drying motor. Y'all used to sell a kit yeah. or Cabela sold a kit where you could get yeah. the hand wrapper, the drying motor. Like it was kind of a small business kit. We still sell that. Yes. Yeah, okay. Small business kit. So I bought the small business kit and I still have it. And, and I actually travel with it. Cause like when yeah. I go to Venice to fish, I got a Heck bunch yeah. of guides down there that I repair rods for every there you time go. I'm down there. So I take big boxes of tip tops and, you know, some, yeah. Some black thread and a bunch of random guide sizes and colors and the, yeah. the rods show up. You can up. make friends repairing rods like that. Hey, buddy. Absolutely. <laughs> That's right. My, my guy, Captain Patrick Dickinson down there, uh, Dixie Riverside or Dixie Outfitters LLC. I don't even know how many tip tops I've replaced for that guy, but uh, he takes yeah. good care of me, so it's worth it. And then my yeah. offshore captain, Eddie Berger with Fish Finish Charters, he um, he brings me rods and has me strip them and rewrap them, right? Like the, the yeah. roller guides eventually go. He's like, I don't want roller guides. Yeah. Put ring guides and a roller top on it. It's like, you bet, I can do it. So we we take care of it. But yeah, so yeah. that's that's all done on the FlexCode equipment I take down there. And the battery-operated uh, the battery operated turning motor, which has yep. saved my bacon. I'm in, I'm in Alabama, and we get heavy, heavy thunderstorms. And I've learned to try to avoid finishing on days. Yep when that happens but when you're traveling and doing repairs or if you have no choice but to work during a storm or live somewhere That's you right. lose power having that yeah. uh that battery operated motor is a good thing yeah 
so you sort of let me try and be among the first to use the GM yes. 200 or what, what do we call the DC motor? What are we calling it? Yeah, it, it, it was at that time it was called the uh, I called it the ultimate motor. OK. And ultimate motor. It, it didn't it didn't stay that name, but <laughs> the stock number stuck. We still call that the UMDC. OK. UMDC. And now now it's the UMDX. OK. I know Ooh. it's it's I probably shouldn't do all this stuff, but. But at the time, and now we call it the dual control motor. Right. Okay. Yep. So uh, you got one of the first ones. I, I I think the one that I sent you, I hadn't even settled on the layout of the switches, like where they were going to end up. So you got and you got one that just has a flex coat sticker on it. I believe I saw from your video. It didn't yep. have the sticker I designed to. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. 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 I totally. And I still don't that. know how to use the locking alignment pvc piece i, I still i see it's like i i don't know what it's for yeah well i, I guess i don't know i'm I, i'm happy i'm not changing anything but yeah so yeah, yeah. so talk to me a little bit about the evolution of that i we're joking but serious yeah. that roger wasn't super excited about it because it was kind of like what need does it fill you've already got the dc 200 but with that with that unit you get a lot of different stuff it's reversible still has a slip yeah. clutch uh, you get variable speed. You can get one with or without a foot control. I mean, it's yeah. a pretty exceptional piece of equipment. And I also like it that it's an example of something that you're kind of capable of tinkering with as a maker. Mm -hmm. And again, yeah. you made mine a different height because we that measured is, yeah. it out and figured out what height we wanted it once I mounted it on a Renzetti base and put it on a Renzetti lathe bed. Um, yeah. So that's an option. You know, John can work with you on stuff like that. But talk to me about the evolution of that. And what's the difference between the DC and the DX? Yeah. Okay, so going back, you know, I'm going to go way back. So way back. about two about 2001, I just got it. I just graduated from uh, University of Texas in Austin, and Welcome. I had a film degree. Yeah, there you go. And so, what every you know, person I, going into rod building studies film. Yeah, film, right? <laughs> and uh, so, you know, I I kind of had some film jobs here and there, and I came out and I started working for uh, Ryan Cedars. That's Roger's son. Mm -hmm. uh, he had a company called Waterloo Rods, or still Waterloo Rods, same company. Still he sold out there, it. Yeah. Ryan went on to Yeti coolers and things like that. But yeah. so Roger came it's over. It's not he, just he, coolers, John. It's a lifestyle. Sure. <laughs> Live wild, John. That's right. Okay. Keep going. Sorry. Yeah. 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 So uh, Roger came over and kind of just stole me. Okay. Yep. He's like, you do, you do, you know how to make a video? Yeah. Okay. So I went and started making video. And that's where that first video came out in 2001 that we did uh, rod building, how we do it. It was on a VHS tape. I'm going to pause for a second. Yeah. Let <laughs> people VHS Google what a VHS tape. tape is. All you young people. We still have a case of those in the rafters. It was the the one that emerged victorious in the beta VHS yes. Yes. wars. And yes. you can look that up too, because it was actually once a real thing. And then later I had to go in and convert the file to DVDs and whatever. Yeah. So, and we actually, we actually sold the last DVD like a week ago. Did you really? And we're not doing anymore. They're, we're done. <laughs> like we we had a big case of them, and like every other every other week, Craig would come out from the back. I got five more, and I'm like, yeah. okay, yeah. And well, uh, and and the thing is, you put all that stuff on on YouTube now. So yeah, yeah. You mentioned it. Yeah. There's a Flexcoat YouTube channel, and they have yep. an entire series of how to videos. They call how, how we, we do it. And, yeah. and again, I think it reflects this sort of really simple, practical, yes. straight ahead way to do things. And, and again, there's always more than one way to do things, mm -hmm. but I guarantee you anything you learn on that channel, John, Roger, Craig, you can apply it. it for a long yeah. time yeah. and it works. Yeah. It's versatile knowledge is yeah, what I like is. to say. 
If you don't like exactly how we're doing it, you can be like, okay, well, maybe I can modify it this way, the way I like to do it. And no, and, and Roger's a genius. He, he came up with how we do it because he doesn't want anybody arguing with him. Right. If we came out and said, this is the best way to do it. Right. Then you're, well, then you just, everyone's going to come out of the woodwork right. and just right. argue yeah. with you to death. Well, they right. can't argue with it. This is how we do it. Love it. So love and it. Obviously we think Ethos. it's those. Yeah, sure. So, so there's back some good to tips were... on there. Like every time somebody says, I hate the round brushes, I'm like, well, are you using them right? Have you seen them roll it yeah. to get the yeah, there you go. To finish over on the edge? Hey, there's some really good tips in there. You want to talk about stubborn learner. That's me. Like yeah. Roger tried to tell me that for decades and I yeah. couldn't understand it until we yeah. shot that video. Right. Just, me too. I was like, what are you talking about? Just because it's been in writing. He, it used to be in some of the little booklets that you guys had and I never, I, it didn't click for I me. I couldn't get it. Yeah, me neither. It's but like, then it when was he like algebra you, for the like, first two years. I just, ah. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, uh, back to like the motors, right? Okay. Like we're yeah. shooting we're shooting that video and we're shooting right. other little things for that video in 2001. And I'm really good at just going, Hey, I got a question. Yeah. I'm like, why do you have a motor that does wrapping and then a motor that does finishing and then a motor that does curing? Like, <clears throat> I, I mean, I don't know anything, but I'm just a dumb kid, but right. why can't you just have Can we make one, one that does all that? Yeah. One mo- motor to rule them all, as I like to say. <laughs> and you know, he just like, yeah, you know, Let's just shoot the video and stop talking about that. So (laughs) cut to when I start working there full time, you know, I still have that question just rattling around in there. And then I, uh, I started like talking to a lot of rod builders, a lot of customers, Jim icing, Mm -hmm. huge influence on it because he's just like, John, you know, he would just call and talk to me. John, I just, I hate sitting down to wrap a rod. It's just, you know, I have your wrapper. It's great. Don't get me wrong, but it's like an F1 race car. And I get it. When I first started wrapping at Waterloo Rods with Ryan Cedars, I got on the the Cadillac of flex coat wrappers, you know, the uh, DL747 with that wrapping motor, the Dayton motor, great yep. motor, probably, the, in my opinion, the greatest wrapping motor you could have. But probably, yeah. it's like an F1 race car. Yeah. Okay. And if you hit the pedal slightly and that thing will just take, take off. off. Yep. So you got to do like hand braking and yep. all these other techniques. It took me like a day and a half to even just learn how to do it. But once yeah. I was, once I had learned it, yeah. I don't think you could catch me. You know yeah. what I mean? Right. I was just getting thread on rods, you know, production style. Those and the speed wrappers, like, again, that's another piece of equipment. People would be really surprised how often that equipment is sitting on the benches of these rod manufacturers here in the U.S. Yeah. There's a whole lot of people wrapping on that or yeah. variations of that equipment that they've sort of evolved over time, right, or, or adapted. Yeah. And and that Dayton motor that we use on the 747, I've talked to customers that say, yeah, you know, I need to get another motor. Mine burned out. And I'm like, well, how long you had it? And he's like, ah. 49 years. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. 20 years. Yeah. yeah you're it's probably, you should it, probably right. get a new one. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I, I asked that question and I just started thinking about talking to Jim Icing, talked to a gentleman on the rod board. Uh, everyone knows him. He doesn't like to take credit, but I'm going to give it to him here. Roger Wilson. Yeah. Great guy. I was going to say I the mean, only piece of equipment that I have that's a motor that hasn't burned out that I said earlier, I've never, everything else has burned out. That's not true. Roger built me a couple of things specifically for turning mandrels for making carbon fiber grips. I needed something with a, a drill chuck and a little heavier duty. The man's a genius. Well, he's, he is definitely a maker, right? Yeah. Yeah. And he, I just, I, I would talk to him on the phone and 
you know, just be real grateful that he would even talk to me. Cause yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, you read his posts on RBO right. and you see that for years and you're like, I'm actually talking to this guy, you know, yeah, like it's yeah. a little bit like, yeah. you know, when I was in the film business, I met, you know, movie stars. And then one day I met Roger Wilson on the phone, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like that's, that's the way I felt about it. And even yeah, Roger that's was awesome. like, are you talking to Roger Wilson? I'm like, yeah. So, you know, that was cool. I um, thought he was kind of a mad scientist, uh, but he's boy, he solved my problem. So, uh, yeah. yeah. And Jim Ising, who who John keeps referring to, I'm just he's that's a name that's so familiar to John and I. So Jim yeah. was the director of marketing at Angler's Resource forever. Mm -hmm. uh, and some of you know him from some of the Fuji YouTube videos and things. But unfortunately, we lost Jim in early uh 2023 to cancer yep. but um may he rest in peace and he's a great guy so okay so you're talking to two good sources you got Jim and at Jim, least two Jim is one of these guys who would admit like I don't love building rods I love having the rod being done with the rod being yep. built and I love that yep. I can build it just the way I want but yep. I, he, he wanted to be quick he wanted to be practical he wanted to be simplify 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 right so, I can empathize with Jim Ising's <laughs> yeah, feelings you guys definitely okay. saw the world the same way for sure <laughs> yeah when it comes and, to building rods and you know one more note on Jim he went back uh a year after I released the motor and I sent him one I sent yep. him a motor I yep. go there you go Jim that one's yours <laughs> and uh I did the same with Roger so Jim went on RBO and maybe y'all can go back in the, in the lineage of that. And he, yeah, he, he made org is what John's referring to as RBO. Sorry. Yeah. He, he made, he gave us probably the best review yeah. that I could ever expect to get. I was yeah. just like, wow, unprompted. Thank you. you know? Well, and he's a marketing guy. He could write, you know, he, he's a oh, writer. Yeah. Several of those guys like uh, Bernie Schultz, our elite, one of the elite series pros we sponsor is the same way. He's a great writer. You know, you think of him as a pro fisherman, but they, those, these guys that have worked in marketing have had to write so much, you know, yeah. in the past, but yeah, he, I, I could see Jim writing a good review. He yeah, was, yeah, yeah. he was very proud of that too, because he'd be like, you know what, you know, I designed that. Right. And I'm <laughs> like, okay. Yes, I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he he definitely motivated me. Like yeah. he he was. We talked a lot about it. And uh, well, well you needed motivator. that kind of motivation when when Rogers well, telling you it's courage. a bad idea and you should quit. Yeah, I I needed the courage, you know, and I yeah. needed the the fuel because I I thought it was a good idea, but I yeah, think yeah. stuff's good ideas all the time. And then my kids walk in the room and go, "What are you doing, Dad?" You know. <laughs> anyway. The so, irony of this is that uh, we're, we're actually recording this podcast and, you know, uh, yeah. John is coming live from his daughter's crafts room. That's right. <laughs> so maybe Best if you, looking room if you don't want him walking in and, and telling you your ideas are dumb, don't don't settle in their craft room. Get your own craft room, Dad. <laughs> yeah, well, this used to be my office, but I gave yeah. it up. So out yeah, of boy. First so, of many concessions to your daughter for the rest of your right. life, I can assure How you. How could I? Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I, I started tinkering, right? And, right. you know, I started tinkering. I found a company. I found this company. You know, you just kind of start putting the pieces together. You're yeah. you're spending a little money here, a little money there. You're doing some, you know, some different things. And, and the single moment when I think I figured out that I might have something with the motor that we're talking about was when I was talking to Roger one time, Roger mm -hmm. uh, Wilson. Uh, um, Roger Wilson. Yep. And I just said, because I, I pitched him an idea and he goes, yeah, I tried that. You know, it was all right. You know, mm -hmm. I, I used it a few times and I set it aside. And I said, well, what about, what about a motor with these speeds, with this voltage, that's reversible, it does this. And then, and he goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I go, and it's got a slip clutch on it. Flex got a slip clutch. And then he paused. It was silence on the phone i was like mm -hmm. uh oh what is what's about to happen he goes that might work yeah 
I was like, okay. Here you go. So, I've cleared a hurdle. That's right. So so I built that thing up, and that's basically the evolution of the UMDC and then now the UMDX. Yeah, and, and so, so I didn't know there was the D- – I knew there was the new wrapping machine, the DX777. Upgrade the motor, DC. too. I mean, the motor. So, what's the difference between the DC and the DX? Sure. So, the DC was. Let me see if I can get this right off the top of my head. Okay. It was a forty to four hundred and twenty RPM okay. motor with a okay. foot control, and our foot mm-hmm. control is not just an on-off switch. It is a. There's variability in that foot it, control. Very good and control, you, and you can the, control the dial too. That's so right. You've got like so, double layer of control. Yeah. Yeah. I can take anybody that's never power wrapped or mm. someone that has power wrapped on whatever machine you name it and i yeah. can get them on this machine and i can see the spark go off because it's about ultimate control you've got yeah. so many different things to dial in if you never want to go over a certain rpm you dial that top speed in on the knob yeah. and then when you hit the pedal to the metal you're never going to exceed that right. so if you're going over you're going up a, a guide foot yeah or if you're hit, hitting a technical spot or whatever it is you've got ultimate control. And then it's got the slip clutch on there. Yeah. So you can always do the hand braking and just stop on a dime. Yep. You can back it up really easily and then put it back on there. Yeah. So it's about simplistic control. That's what I like to say. It's the best tool. Is it perfect? I'm not going to go that far. It is not perfect. Nothing we make is perfect. Well, and there's personal preference too, but yeah. It's the best tool for the money. It's OEM quality. And it helps you as the rod builder focus on your build. Yep. There's nothing in there. It's like, ah, it's great, but this, you know, it's great, but that. And then, you know, we try to avoid all the, all the roller supports are up on, I'm going into the machine or up on the slot board on the back, the PVC slot board. You can go seamlessly under the machine. There's nothing coming up from the base that you've got to work around. Right. You know, things like that. Yeah. So, and, and that's to, to give Roger Cedars credit. He, that's all the stuff that he developed. So yeah, yeah. I was already handed an awesome design. Right. Okay. Which automatically Roger... aligns, automatically levels. Like it just yes. keeps it real simple. Yeah. So it's not like John Cates, you know, invented the whole thing. That is not sure, true. Sure. Okay. I, I, I talked to people that were way smarter than me and I had a product that was already proven in an industry that's great as it was, but it just needed some help. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, and, and maybe we could argue that it's one skill set to create it. And then it takes another skill set and perspective to evolve and improve it. Right. And, and, and yeah. the better it is originally, the harder it is to tweak and update and, and improve, but it certainly seems like you've been really successful doing that. Um, right. It's, it's the whole Jack of all trades mentality. And I'm really big on that because <laughs> It's funny. My daughter asked me one day in the car ride home from Austin. We live out in Dripping Springs. It's like a 20, 30 minute car ride. And she said, right. Daddy, how many how many jobs you've had? And I started listing my jobs right. that I've had my whole life. Yeah. And by the time we pulled up in the driveway, I think I was on like 28. Wow. 28 jobs. And I was like, I don't know if that's all of them, but that's good enough. I don't even have to you know count. I, mean? I know you got me beat. Uh, I haven't so, had that many. <laughs> I've, I've, I've so you get fired jelly. a lot. It's, you get fired a lot is what you're saying. No, I don't get fired a lot. <laughs> uh, I, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I can't remember ever being fired. And I'm Atta not boy. saying that that's true. Yeah. But with that note, I've only walked out of one job. Oh, that boy. Pizza Hut. <laughs> <laughs> did you walk okay. out with a pizza or did you leave empty handed? No, I walked out, and then the next <laughs> night, the manager came to my apartment. This was in college, and begged me to come back. And I just looked him in the eye, and I said, "I've delivered my last pizza." 
bro. Because <laughs> well, I was done, you know. It's good to be wanted. It's good to be wanted. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So anyway, I, I believe in that jack-of-all-trades mentality where you can take this knowledge from over here in left field and bring mm-hmm. it over here, mm-hmm. where if you have a specialist that's only specializing in this one field, they got blinders on. Right, yeah. They can't, they can't see everything. So I, I'm really – and even if I don't know about this, maybe I know somebody that knows more than me. Right, yeah. And I can talk to that person. So – yeah, that that's basically how I like to work and develop. Yeah. Process. Well, I just think it's also you've certainly you personally have certainly helped me solve some equipment stuff. This DC now DX 200 motors, huge or ULDX motors been a huge part of that. Right. It's an extremely yeah. versatile unit. You use it however you want for whatever you want. Right. Yeah. Like it really yeah. is a better mouse. You can track. mount it on other stuff. Yeah. Right, wait, do you want to. Do you want to have a I told you so moment with Roger right now in, f- no. in front of the world? No, not going to do that. No. You're a good man. Taking no, the I high mean, road. Ro- hey, Roger is – listen, Roger's a great guy. He, he's a great rod builder. He's a great he tinkerer. Is. He's yep. a great mind. You know, I've got my shortcomings just like Roger does or anybody else. Right. So, you know, I, I don't want to take anything away from Roger because I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you if it wasn't for that guy. No, I hear you. I was just – you know, I just didn't know if you wanted I told you so him or not. That's no. Fine. I'll do it to his face, but not, okay, not on here. Perfect. See, I'm trying to be controversial here. Get something to yeah, talk yeah, about yeah. when I have him on and uh, get him to get you back. But you guys are too nice to each other. I can't I can't get any traction. Now, you said something that brought me up short uh, in the in the lead up to this podcast before we were recording. Did I hear you correctly that there's new motor news updates? There are. You know, are, are, I, you, are you ready to share that with the world? I, I'm like an addict. I just can't stop. Okay. <laughs> So, you well, know, and I just have the rod builders I, everywhere. Please don't. I want to see what you do next. I was out in the shop yesterday just drilling holes and stuff because occasionally I just I need a break from whatever yeah. I'm doing. So I just right. go out and the, there's always something to do in the shop. So yeah. I just start drilling holes, you know, whatever needs to be done. And, you know, I, I, I was like, oh, what about this idea? And I just stopped drilling. I went over there and I tried. I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. I don't know if we'll ever sell that, but it does work. Right. You know, and it had to do with some roller supports and whatever it's yeah. it's not really a groundbreaking idea but that's the way i think and it's the same with these dc motors and when we first introduced the dc motor we introduced a product that we still sell it's called the vsm the variable speed motor mm-hmm. and that's a 40 to 200 rpm motor it's only for we only market it as a finishing motor yeah. could you cure on it yeah you could cure it 40 you can mm-hmm. we used mm-hmm. to sell a 40 ac yep. motor yep and uh, it's not going to sling it off. People are like it's going to sling finish. I'm like no. it's less than one second per revolution, or, or more than one second per revolution. It's not going to, you know? yeah. So it's not going to, you know, maybe if it was big as a car tire, you'd have some centrifugal force out here. But it's we're talking yeah. about a rod blank. So yeah. So anyway, we developed that motor, and we actually had a slower motor too back when we did it, and we sold those, and it took us a long time to sell those slow ones. Yeah. So we were kind of like, well, maybe we won't do the slow ones. And I forget what the RPMs of those were. It was like 18 to 60. So there was some yeah, overlap yeah. between the 40 to 200 and the 18 to 60. Right. We sold out of those and we never restocked them. Yeah. But I, as you know, we sell a machine that's called the 4X machine. Mm-hmm. It's got four AC gear motors on it, four switches. I got two of them on in a my slot shop board. at Angler's Resource. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's a great machine. It's one of those things you treat it right. It'll treat you right. Forever. You want to support the ride correctly, all, yeah. all that good stuff. So I've been looking at that forever. I'm like, well, what if we put DC motors on that? <clears throat> because occasionally, like I've got a customer who builds gaffs. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
and a gaff is a big piece of something. And, yeah. you know, he, he's admitted he's rough on gear, you know, mm -hmm. and he has had trouble with those motors, you know, getting them in and out. I don't know if he's turning the motor off before he takes it out or puts it in. You know, I don't know what he's yeah, doing. Right. Right. So he has had problems. So in my, I, you know, in my mind, I'm like, we've never had any problems with our right. DC motors. Right. And I'll tell you why specifically the gears that are in our DC motors are hardened steel gears. Yeah. If you hold that motor in your hand, you're like, that's something like yeah, it's all yeah. gearbox. Right. You know, yep. it's like, wow. Yep. So, and it's made in the USA. It's a awesome piece of equipment. And I've opened one up and gotten grease all over my hands, you yeah. know, just to see what's in there. Um, but we've never had a gearbox blowout well, in over five years. I was going to say like, them. yeah, I just, um, I still have my original six RPM DC motor or, uh, AC motor from 20, from 95 so 28 yep. years ago something like that so yeah it's and that's you know again those are versatile but the dc ones are even more way more versatile yeah it just and it reflects the change in technology since that time and just the the versatility of, of that um but yeah but again this isn't I, I i meant to, i'm so glad you brought up the multiple rod dryers so you yep. have these finished curing machines right and, and yep. like i mentioned i put two of the four the six rpm hd units in our new shop in mm -hmm. in at anglers resource in foley yeah. uh and if you come visit you can see that i was recently uh in japan visiting fuji and, and doing some work with them and visited i wanted to go to there's a they have several famous rod builders in japan right and uh sure. one of them is a shop called sabalo and so i happen to be in town and near sabalo so we, we go to sabalo and i meet this gentleman who's a, a fuji authorized rod builder which is a very high honor and that they've never awarded outside of japan and all mm -hmm. this kind of stuff and and lo and behold what's he got on his wall at the back of Get the shop but a, I, and I don't know how old that one is, but an old four flex coat four rod dryer I actually took a picture of it for you. Maybe we'll post it in the podcast should, description. Yeah, I need to send it to it you. To but me. I was like, and I asked him, I was like, can I take a picture of this? He's like, what? You can't get that in the States. This is from the States. I said, no, 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 no. <laughs> I can get them. I've got that. I said, I just want to take a picture of them from my guys at flex coat. I want them to yeah. see it. Yeah. That's, so so that's even funny. in Japan, the, the, the equipment is over there and still working. So, so talk to you. What's new? What? So basically think Forex machine dc motors right Ooh. and so like so like i've and you know obviously slower you don't need 400 right. rpms on it no. right on, on a cure so you know we've we've geared it down we've we're it's going to be uh it's going to have a, a master motor control okay. okay so it's it's the same box you're familiar with you know three to three to 12 volt mm -hmm. okay that in, in the gearing that we're doing and and maybe i'm getting ahead of myself here but i'm going to go ahead and do it it'll go eight to thirty Oh, wow. So what other speed do you want to cure at? Yeah. That's it, in my opinion. I mean, I know forever it's been six, but yeah. six, eight. Six and eight, that's in, I don't think that's enough to make any practical difference. It's not. Yeah. I'm just going to settle that right now. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, you know. The, director of like settlement to, also. Is, I'm adding to your time. I like to say to customers, things. I'm like, the finish doesn't care how fast it's no, rotating. It yep. Yep. You know, like it just needs to rotate set and drip off. So um, you've got that master switch. And what it'll do is it'll turn on one motor. Okay. And then you've got two more switches up top and it'll turn on the second motor. And then the second switch will turn on the third and fourth motor. So you can have one motor, two motors, and you could turn off that other switch and turn on, you have three motors or four motors with that switch configuration. 
sounds clever. And it's all labeled. I know it yeah. sounds complicated, but it's super easy if you just saw it. No, I, yeah, I'm going to say I'm going to have to see it, but I believe you because everything y'all do is very practical. I'll text you a picture. I'll text yeah, you a no, picture. No, that's cool. And, and so what are you going to call this unit? Uh, I'm going to call it, let me get it right. The U-M... Uh, 4XV. 4XV. So as Very a side bad. note, I, I literally I just bought these uh, the four the two units from you, and then you didn't tell me you had something new coming out. Hey, Bill, Bill, you didn't just buy those, but okay, th this is brand new. It's been I mean, within the is, last year I bought those. Yes, but this I this idea. <laughs> I'm like going to have a short memory, John Cates. I'm going to I'm going to be a revisionist historian here. I'm going to make this your problem. The prototype that's on my desk is less than probably two weeks old that's awesome so this is this is brand new yeah okay and then so as a as a side to that too so the 4x machine i'm obviously super excited about because i envisioned that a long time ago too right yeah. and now and i have an old old i have a you know multiple years old prototype that's been on the shelf but it never came to anything yeah so and, and i've even messed around to take that a step further i've messed around with like okay well what if we just have a 4x machine that's got one motor on it and you got a belt Right. Yeah. And so I built one. Right. Yeah. And it works and it's, yeah. it works well. But to be honest with you, I can't get it to be cheaper in cost than to put three motors or four motors on. Well, then you're not solving. By the, the time problem, you right? do yeah. the pulleys and the yeah. blah, 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 right. and all that yeah. stuff yeah. Yeah. and the labor and everything, it's right. just like, what are we doing? Just put yeah. four motors on it. Yeah. So that's why it remains with four motors. Uh, and then obviously we've, we're going to have a slower version of the VSM. Yeah. That is going to be eight to one hundred RPMs. Mm. So that's a definite cure and finish motor. Yeah, right there. That's awesome. So, yeah, super excited. Yeah, about those. No, that's great. And again, we'll try to post some pictures and some descriptions. This stuff is all very well laid out on the Flexcoat website. Yep, I do all that. Yeah, no, and so there's a lot of good stuff out there. So if you haven't been on there, obviously they have an online shop. And, and one of the things I would sort of point you to, they've got all the stuff you think, they've got finishes and adhesives, they've got all the, uh, you know, equipment, they've got all the neat little bits and learning center, for, but you've also got the learning center. That's exactly where I was going to go. And you've also got all these supplies and accessories, parts and extras. And so if you are one of these build your own equipment kind of people, Flexcoat's not making it hard to get. You you can if you like an parts element page. of their system, you can go onto the parts and extras page and get buy basically any part of any equipment to make your own. Just the just the stand, like okay, you mentioned earlier, what's yep. the difference between the UMDC and the UMDX? So let's right. get back to that. Okay. So earlier, like when we were talking about me developing your motor, we were talking about height because right. I was honestly I was dealing with our legacy motor stands, okay, right. that have been around for decades, right. And needs to be I was backwards compatible, right? Yeah, yeah. I was having to drill out each one, and I had, you know, obviously templates that I could. We decided on three different heights, right? right. And you, right. I think yours, you wanted yours low, yep. so that's what we did for you because it was mounting um, on a base. It was going to have an extra, you know. Yeah, you needed room to shim it, right? So exactly. So that's what we did for you. But I was just, it'd be great to have not only a beefier, thicker piece of aluminum, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. but. I wanted some versatility where you can like have set screws and you can slide the motor yep. up and down yep. to achieve a range of heights. Yep. You know, so I went to work on my, you know, back when you could use Google SketchUp for free, you can't do it anymore. <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of upset with the universe. Do you want to talk about it? Do you want to, you're in a safe no, place. This is a trust. I'm all right. 
I, okay. I've, I've right. moved to 2D, but it was great okay. to be able to mock stuff up in 3D. Oh, yeah. But uh, I mocked it up and I really liked it. And I got to a shop drawing, you know, I'm comfortable doing that kind of stuff. I'm not an engineer, but, you know, I like to pretend like I am. And <laughs> so I designed one. I had the local metal shop start making them and they've been yeah. great, you know, and yeah. are, am I going to con- keep modifying them as the generations go on sure you know i'm all about like hey this is great but what if we did that to it or put another hole here or whatever it is right i'm constantly thinking about that so that's one of the things that we did to her and also the feet can go side to side so if you're if you feel your alignment is off your motor's not straight down the line you can go here or go there and uh you know really tweak it in so and then we had an, another motor control. I'm going from three to thirty-six volts now. It used mm. to be three to twenty-four volts. I'm right. going to thirty-six. That gives us a faster. Some people it's like, hey, I want this thing fast. Four twenty yep. is not fast enough. I want to go. So now it goes to gosh, I want to say it goes to seven hundred RPMs. Holy cow! And so that's plenty fast for wrapping. You know, it's not as fast as the F1 race car we talked about earlier, the Dayton motor. I mean, right. that's like. Fast sewing machine, three thousand RPMs, yeah, right? But yeah. I would argue no one can wrap a rod at three thousand RPMs. No, I know I can't. I know I so, can't. And I'd rather have the control of the hard part is starting and stopping for me with the power wrap. And so the, the yeah. real fine control you would get with this. And again, I personally don't power wrap much. Like if I just yeah. have big saltwater under wraps, then I will. But all the guide wrap and everything I do by hand. But it's yeah. still nice to have that control for finishing for the slip well, clutch. I mean, it's just it, it sounds stuff. really dumb what I'm about to say. But if you have like the our our machine the you uh uh dx 747 mm-hmm. and let's say you you like to hand wrap a rod uh, a lot you can go from hand wrapping to power wrapping really easily but it's nice to have that rod in that chuck mm-hmm. with the slip clutch it gives you a little bit of tension it'll yep. hold the thread tension you right. can get up and walk away right. you yep. can come back and it just there's something about it being chucked up into that yeah. motor yeah even if you're hand wrapping it's nice nothing it happens stupid. by accident yeah yeah, it sounds got, stupid to say, hey, we got a $300 boat anchor down there that we're just using as this, <laughs> you know, but it really does make a difference. And you will. And then you use it when you go to finish, right? When you go to right. apply finish, right? Yeah. So it's however, or, you, however you do it, it works. Yeah. And to that end, let's say I don't ever want to power wrap. Well, then you go to the VSM. Yeah. Because then you could chuck it in there and still get that, what I was talking about, to where yeah. it's on the slip clutch and things like that. So yep. Yep. that's that's the main differences. And then we haven't talked, you touched on earlier, the motor lock. The motor lock is a huge deal. Whenever the last two ICRBEs, mainly what I did in my demonstrations is I showed off guide foot adhesive, guide alignment tool, looking, sighting down the rods. If you're not familiar, watch our videos. People say, I've seen your videos. I never got it until you did it live in front of me. Right. You can, you can get your guides just on the axis that you want to build perfectly straight in a minute. Yeah, prior to wrapping. Yep. Yeah, prior to wrapping, you get it, sight it down on there. You've locked that rod right up and down the axis you want to build. You can sight down through your rod to that red stripe and just put that on there. The the big tip is slide your thumb off. Don't pull it off because if you're on a tiny little guide, you could it's going to stick to your thumb. Yep. More than the so slide it off. Right. And it's just it changes a lot of things because I'm not a fan of tape. I'm not a fan of dental ligatures i'm not a fan of zip ties <laughs> me neither I yeah just, 
I just think yeah. all that stuff is way too much work. And I don't know why people don't, I don't know why everybody doesn't use the guide foot adhesive. And so what, what he's referring to is this is not a new Flexcoat product. It's been around as long as I've been rod building. It's been around forever, but it's, it's, it would be really simple to look at it and say, oh, it's a hot glue stick. Well, and it, and, kind and, of, it is that type of product, but you literally just warm a guide foot, swipe it on there, put it in place. And yeah. then it holds it better than tape yeah. and easier so you can wrap it, but then you can still break it free. That's to right. It's got it. some gumminess to it. And, yeah. and to your point, yeah, you could go out and I mean, there's some glue sticks sitting right here in front of me. You could probably do that in a pinch well, and it I, would probably work. I've tried it. I've tried it. And yeah. here's what I found. There's something about the formulation of there you go. your stick. That's very, we tried hundreds of them well what happens this is, is the one we when like you, when you move it it's the the adhesive always sticks to the bottom of the guide foot because because yeah. i often have to align my guides after i wrap them mm -hmm. and and what i found when i experimented with other sticks sure anything will hold it on there yeah but when you it's move it it, it sometimes would stick to the blank wouldn't go with the foot y'all's always sticks to the foot of the guide and so you always yeah. get that cushion and i i really to be perfectly honest, the only reason I ever used the guide foot adhesive was just ease of wrapping. It's so easy to just get the guide on there. And like you're saying, no tape, no ligatures, no yeah. zip ties, no uni knots, no any of these other things I've seen that I know all, they all work, but it just seems really complicated and painful to me. Yeah. And only after I had been using it for, golly, John, probably like 10 years, my brother, uh, Trey, is my biggest field tester. And right. he probably fishes more of my rods than the next two people combined. And he That's definitely awesome. breaks <laughs> and, yeah. and breaks more rods than anybody else. Cause he's, and he's not hard on his equipment per se, but he yeah. fishes, right? And he yeah, takes yeah. a lot of people fishing. He takes Boy Scouts fishing. He takes people from church fishing. He takes kids fishing, um, yeah. high school kids. I mean, he takes all kinds of people fishing and his equipment just gets used, right? Yeah. Um, and what I found was I would get some of these and he's typically fishing. He fishes the shoulder bend area of Florida and is typically fishing inshore for like speckled trout, redfish, flounder, this kind of thing. And, you know, parabolic kind of popping action type rods that fully flex. Okay. And what I found was when I'd start getting rods back to have a guide repaired um, or whatever, I, I actually had rods that he had used enough where the guide foot had begun to dig into the blank a little bit. There you go. Yep. And what I I've found when when I use the guide foot adhesive, I've never seen one do that. And these it's a little are the same type of rods being well, it doesn't. I've had people, you and I've had this conversation. I've had yep. an engineer tell me if you yep. do that, you're dampening the sensitivity yep. of the rod, and you're there's yep. no way. And it's like, look, I don't buy it, but I, I, look, I don't care. I don't need to be right. <laughs> what I can tell you is, in my experience, if you put the guide foot adhesive on, not only are you twice as fast wrapping and not dealing with all the frustration of that guide not staying yeah. where you need it while you're trying to wrap it, but I'm seeing personally very, very positive kind of cushion and insurance and, and protection of the blank. And I'm yep. talking about over decades of hard yep. use. So maybe that's not practical to, uh, you know, for some people or they don't fish that I, I hard, it, but it, it makes a difference. Right. And, and it, to me, this is the thing about custom. Why wouldn't you do every little thing you can to make this the best possible rod that lasts as long as it possibly can and performs at the highest level? Well, that's just it. That's the reason I'm doing it. It's so much easier. It, to me, it's like, it's the present, like you yeah. got to be present in the moment, you know, yeah, yeah. you want to get philosophical, but, and to your point, it doesn't take a lot. You can get a three inch stick 
guide foot adhesive and it will last you forever no joke no joke because and if if you see our videos we take a lighter i don't have a lighter around i here. was just gonna say you, the the aim and flame type electric match and they <laughs> melt one into the glue stick and stick it on to yes. the actual light and so it's so one-handed yeah all you gotta do is you got your guide, guide you heat swipe it, it on the thing right swipe on it on yeah. there yeah. you don't want to get too much uh guide foot adhesive on there you don't want to yeah. overheat it if you heat it to where you see smoke you've overheated the guide yeah so just slightly lick the flame Go through it just like that, just, just enough to get yep. a little bit on there, and yep. you push it on there. If it's a two-footed right. guide, you yep. could get it on both feet. I honestly, when I'm doing a two-footed, I just do one. Oh, do you? Okay, yeah. I, I mean, it's probably not what I should be doing. To I your do point, both. I had never thought about yeah, that. Yeah, I've, I've watched Roger do it. He does both feet. Yeah. yeah. So, but well, some of us are just willing bit. to be to to do the extra effort. We're not lazy, you know. Whatever, Mister. I've That's never right. been fired from a job. Not with that work ethic you have. Well, <laughs> trust me, my wife has fired me One. from many jobs. <laughs> <laughs> now I believe you. Now I believe uh, you. No, so, you know, the other thing that's interesting too is, um, and I I should say, I don't know how long one of those sticks lasts because I've lost mm -hmm. them. I've used them for 10 years and lost it. Blew it on the like, lighter. Well, right. I know. The and lighter's going to run out of butane. Well, and Billy Vavona taught me a trick. He he wraps on a, a Renzetti and, and there's a little metal yep. plate on the thread carriage. He just sticks okay. it right there. Glue, same as you're gluing it on the lighter. He glues it right yeah, there. Yeah, you know, I, I think that, yeah, I've seen that before. I forget yeah. uh, the name of the person I want to mention, but. Anyway, yes, that's fine. Yeah, but it works. the The other thing that's interesting is uh, just just because again, I'll try anything, and I've actually done this. This mm -hmm. is subtle, but it's not uncommon for me. Whether it's with the the little gap in a double foot guide or whatever, where mm -hmm. sometimes I do get a little of the finish on, of the guide foot adhesive on yep. my finger, and when I pull away, there's some sticking out or whatever. And I'm not using too much. It just sometimes there's residue. Yep. If you, whatever it is about y'all's formulation, besides sticking to the bottom of the guide feet every time when you move a guide, mm -hmm. if you just hit it with a little bit of heat, it pulls back. So if okay. I have like threads sticking out, like, cause it's stuck yeah. to my finger It's like a little that bit, capillary action sucks Yeah, it's it back like you in heat there. it and it draws down, it goes out of the yeah, way yeah. and you can, and it doesn't, and you can wrap right over it. When I tried to use, um, when I tried to use a generic stick, it was, it didn't, it wouldn't do that. And it was yeah. much worse than that. So again, it sounds like we're trying to sell flex code only products. Our formula it's is American, gummy. Yeah, it is. It's way gummy. You can like bend yeah. it. It's like got flexibility. You can tweak it under yeah. the guides. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It, you know, it's just. Why, why not get it? You well, know, it's, it's not like it's yeah. outrageously priced. You know, it, it well, works. Well, it costs $3, but it only lasts forever. So that's right. I mean, there's a lot of reasons. What are we doing? What <laughs> are we doing? We're, we're trying to convince. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. But no, but it is. I love it. And it's it, to me, it's one of those products that people, Bob McCamey at Muddle was a guy who was yeah. like, I never got it till I saw it. And then now yeah, I get yeah. it. And he, and he, yeah. and, and he's, this guy has been around forever as a great builder, yeah. but it's, it's just one of those things like you're talking about with the way you align guides and all that. You have to see it to get it sometimes. And so if you, yeah. if you've never seen somebody use this stuff, you haven't tried it, you're welcome to reach out to John. They've got a video on it. I've done a short video on it before it literally took 10 seconds. Yeah. One of the guides swipe it, put it in place ready to go and they're on there like i'll hold the whole rod with the handle yeah, built yeah. on it by the guide and i'll yeah. go like this it's on now, there but if you want it off pop yeah it comes off. and if people ask no it's not on there well enough to do static deflection or test casting no but i do like to put the adhesive on the bottom of the guide foot before i do that so it doesn't mark up the blank in case i move things but yep herb ladenheim may have solved that problem for me forever with his o-ring static deflection technique which we okay we just released so people should check out that stripe rod yeah 
bass fly rod building episode with herb Ladenheim because he's he's got a really interesting system i can't believe nobody thought of before and it's a good idea he i just, haven't listened to that one but okay well I'll he uses o-rings the size of the guides and just okay. puts them all on the blank glues tip top on does the static mm-hmm. deflection and can adjust wow. these things it, 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 you have to see it it's like oh my gosh that's brilliant and and <laughs> <laughs> can make what he calls micro and nano adjustments. Like he's getting really perfect. Yeah. 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 And, and, and it's so much easier than trying to tape them on or move or do whatever, but yeah. 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 So, cool. That's cool, man. Well, so but, I'm excited about these new motors and the new speed ranges and also about the new DC multiple, you know, drying machines. What, what yep. else you, what's going on? What else is rattling around that head of yours? What else is on well, the Well, I mean, if we horizon? could go back for a second to, do you the, want to argue to the... about the five sixteenth pilot Arbor bits that we disagree on? If you want to, no, I don't need to lose an argument in front of everybody. <laughs> uh, yeah, those were just hard to make, Bill. And it, you know, and we weren't selling a lot of them. And I just looked at Roger one day, and I'm like, they're just drilling out like a a, a thirty second. Like, what are yeah. we doing? You yeah. know? And he's like, Yeah, you were okay. making you were making my day is what you're doing, but that's fine. <laughs> Discontinue it, whatever, man. I don't care. Yeah, yeah, I'm not yeah. even mad. Just go straight to the reamer, Bill. Whatever, what are we man. Doing? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. So, hey, to, just to go back to that, we were talking about the difference between the DC, I'm sorry, the UMDC, yeah. and the UMDX. So, yeah, we, I think we covered the motor, but if we step aside to the DX777, yeah. the stuff that I improved there, I you know, rod builders talked to me, right, and I listened, right? I didn't come up with More this More than stuff. two spools of thread. Yeah, you were one of them. So, <laughs> we got four, uh, four thread spools. Yep. Four tension devices. Right. So if, if you want to do four thread tigers, you can do it on a flex code. You easily. can do it. Yeah. You will need to tie. Uh, side note: you will need to tighten the slip clutch to do that. Yeah. yeah it, it's additive pressure. Yeah. When you and it's easy to do. Just a flathead screwdriver, righty tighty, lefty loosey. You're good. Yep. Okay. So it's not hard to do. And then we did a ceramic hook. It used to be an old metal hook for the yeah. little dovetail. It's a ceramic right. hook now. I'm pretty proud of that. And then it makes me happy, even though I've still got my old original metal hook and it's never yeah, damaged yeah. thread or it, done anything wrong, but yeah, it's fine. But I have had gentlemen that have had that metal hook so long, it cut through it and broke it off the thread. Ding. Ding. Yeah. Wow. I had to send them a new one. Yeah. So, and, uh, another thing that I, did I can't believe wrapper, you got products failing after 40 years. What a loser. I know it's insane. So, uh, people would call us all the time and they still do. And they say, Hey, that little thing fell out of my hand wrapper, you know, and, and we got them for sale on our website now. And that alleviates some of that, but. Oh, the little triangular you, slide tension. Yeah. The, the, we call the, it the, a, the, a dovetail, dovetail with the yeah. hook in it. And right. if, if you call me, I'm going to send you one for free. We've been doing that forever. We just oh. send them out. But one thing I did on the triple seven is I was like, Hey, why don't we put stuff in this track? So that thing can't slide out of there. Even better. You know what I'm saying? So I found these little rubber bumpers. We put them in there. Just little little things. And then the tip top, the roller supports on our rollers, they go down to, you know, pretty tight. Yeah. But tip tops of rods are like this, you know, they get tiny, you know. And mm. some people were not liking that that top spring-loaded wheel wouldn't come down on it. Yeah. And we're always like, well, hey, you just put your hand up there. You put your finger up there and just push it down and then just you know, it, we can make it work, but they're like, no, I want all, I want triangulation, three wheels on the rod blank at the tiniest, whatever. That's the tight tip rod roller. There you go. So I went in and I, you know, had some discussions with Roger and, and some homing and hawing and, and then one, and then it just hit me. I was like, yep. just, Hey, the holes here, move the hole here. Done. There you go. 
There it is. Done. <laughs> so, Solved. So we fixed that. You know, so let's talk about that one a little bit because I want to talk about your chucks, right? So specifically what I'm talking about is if you look at a lot of these drying motors, if you look at a lot of the finishing motors, if you look at a lot of the wrapping motors, they have this, what you guys call the self-adjusting chuck, right? Yep. And it's almost like a PVC cap with a rubber diaphragm that goes ne on it. Neoprene and diaphragm. Neoprene, excuse me, neoprene diaphragm. And I, I got to tell you, which you can get, again, this is another thing John will make for you. He'll make it for whatever size you want, basically, if you need. Smallest we do is 5 sixteenths. Yeah, so from 5 sixteenths on up to whatever size. And and they're cheap, so it can be really helpful to have a pile of them sitting around, several different sizes. Uh, on and off. sitting around you can pop them on and off and change rods so i was not a fan of that it felt uh coming from more of a true lathe you know locking jaws three jaw there's chuck. a lot of there's a lot of people like you right no there are so i was feeling that way but then you just showed me a couple of quick tricks you just Tips showed me tricks. yeah tricks you showed me a couple of all right i'm gonna give them something to bleep <laughs> i can't <laughs> talk today <laughs> They, they tell me people love bleeps like my mom. Jer sorry, Gerilyn. My mom's going to be unhappy when she hears that one. But they tell me yeah. it's good for people. will go back and listen. We don't know whether it's yeah. to decipher what you're saying or what, but bleeps are popular. So um, you can bleep as much of this <laughs> as you want. You hey, don't get smokers. me started. OK, don't get sorry. Me started. So you showed me some little tips and tricks. And I thought, well, man, this thing's not precise. It's wobbling. It's not running. It's whatever. But all you got to do is like you want to talk about a, a couple of the real easy tricks to center that. On those checks, because they will run perfectly true. You just have to tweak it a little bit. Mess yeah. With it. So let, let let me get in to the real nitty gritty here. So okay. basically, let's let's think about this for a second. Okay, we have a motor, right? We've got the motor that goes through the gearbox, all that stuff, up to the shaft. Right. That shaft's coming out. What I love about our DC gear motors, by the way, is that there's not just a brass collar there where it's just riding on yep. on a bed of grease or whatever. Right. There's actually cylinder bearings in yeah, there right yeah uh, that are like i know it looks small but that's actually a good amount of cylinder bearing for that's that six thing inches to be, right yeah i mean <laughs> for it to be bleep, rolling on bleep so that it, too bleep that it, too. it gets it gets a lot of <laughs> there's a lot of uh life that can be got gotten out of that uh, right but so anyway you got and then you got the bearings rolling and then you're going to a slip clutch which our brass piece from the slip clutch is made in a factory that they make. And I've toured that factory. And let me tell you something. I've toured a lot of factories in my life. I've done, uh, during my film career, I've shot things for National Oil Well Varco. I've been in their facilities where they make diamonds yep. for their drill bits. So I've yep. seen some stuff that will make you go, wow. I went to this facility where they make this brass piece for us for yep. rod building. Yeah, they make gun parts. They make parts for uh, airplanes, spacecraft. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this yeah. place is like too good, hardcore for rod yeah. building. Yeah. Okay, but that's where we have them made. Right, and so that brass piece is really precise. And when you're spinning something, it's got to be. So that yeah. we have that set screws, all this stuff going on there, and then you have the plastic cup that has to fit on that with a little bit yeah. of grease and whatever, yeah. and the right whatever. And then you've got the neoprene diaphragm. Right. Okay. Can you imagine how many pieces do we name there? Five, six, whatever it is. Yeah. You have tolerances when you're manufacturing. Yeah, there's some run out. Right. right. Yeah. So you've got to have all these tolerances line up to a way to where it's like good enough, you know, and, and Roger doesn't like me saying this, but I'm going to say it anyway. We're not building a rocket ship to Mars here. Right. We're building a machine 
to build a rod. Okay. Right. right. And I've, I've gotten calls. I have said, Hey, I, I got the triple seven machine. I love it. The chucks wobble. And I will admit there is a, when we test, we test every single one. I wire, we, I wire and build every single machine that goes out. Yep. Okay. Me and my, my right-hand man, Sandor, he's awesome. We, we, it's done right there in Driftwood, Texas. Yep. We hadn't yep. touched on that too much, but we have a little bit. Right. So run them all. We do what's called because those bearings need to be what I call wallowed out a little bit to, to run true. Yep. We get them all acceptable before they go out the door. And if they're not acceptable, we set them aside and we do more work on them. Okay. Right. But there could be a little bit of wobble in that because of all the different things you have going on there. Right. But I will tell you right now, I could have that self-adjusting chuck out of true a quarter of an inch, which I would never let that go out the door. Sure, but I could right. I could have it at that much, and I could still get a rod to go in it and spin perfectly. That's what's beautiful, yeah, about the self adjusting chuck, is you can get it to like fudge in one direction slightly, very easily with a little bit of practice. Well, and that's why I brought spin. it up because I was I was anti that thing for a long time because I, I I perceived it as sloppy and lack of precision, but actually it's adjustability and flexibility. So to your point, right, and it actually works so all you got to do is sort of just like stop the motor and rotate it in increments right and i know you have an opinion now you're using the pool noodle but some people have an opinion about diaphragm in diaphragm out like what advice would you give people if they if you want to be able to quickly and easily because john's right you can take one that i've seen him do it at icrb he showed me how to do it on mine and mine doesn't have a lot of run out but a lot of the times it's a it's a warped blank actually right yep, um, yep. but again your that's guides where Causing yep. it to go right, yeah. right. So, so what? How, what would you advise people if they're having trouble getting it lined up? Because it's pretty simple to fix, but some some obviously haven't figured it out. So, we got a great video on our uh, self-adjusting chuck and slip clutch. That's a great place to start. Okay, okay. you could call me. You could always call me. Okay, five one two eight five eight seven seven four two. Wow. Uh, yeah, we put that phone number. Hey, we get a lot of junk calls because of that, but we also <laughs> reach a lot of rod builders. Well, so, there you go. I don't mind hanging up on a hundred junk calls to get that one rod builder that needs help. You know right. what I mean? Yep. So absolutely. And, and we do that. So, and, and I can walk you through it, but it's basically you just understand how to twist. You're twisting the rod one way and you're twisting the chuck the other way. And you just develop the technique for getting it in there. And it could take you, even when you know what you're doing a couple times on a particular, like if, if you build rods, like I do, sometimes my handle's not perfectly symmetrical. Yep center it's not dead center you know if you watch it it's wobbling but the rod's straight right okay and then once you flat uh, flip down the spring-loaded roller supports that helps straighten it all up too and to get so focused on what's going on right here at the motor and not looking down there where you're going to be working yeah that's that's where your focus should be you know down there and and seeing it so all those different little things and uh I, i think will make anybody happy with the run out of, of these machines yeah now there was a could, time could, i would not have agreed with you but now that i understand i totally agree and that's why i brought it up could we design a motor and all of these things that's just freaking rocket ship to mars man it's freaking the tesla truck of everything yeah we could do that nobody would be able to afford it yeah right <laughs> nobody would pay that much money for it right. so you got to keep those things in mind it's like you know, when you're talking about rod finish and all anybody wants to talk about is, 
well, it yellows or whatever it is. <laughs> yep, yep. And it's just like, well, if you only want to measure on one scale, you know, it all yellows. Yeah. But did you measure and mix it properly? Did you, you know, I've got rods that are more than a decade old and they're not yellowed and they've yeah. been fished probably not as hard as your brother, but yeah, you know, yeah. I'm getting off into the weeds here. Ben. No, that's fine. But I, I wanted to talk about it. Cause I think it's like, and again, the, the, I think the part of the point here too, and, and, John, you know, Craig, Roger, everybody right. there is a rod builder. And some yeah. of them, like, I don't even know how many rods Roger's probably built. But oh, Roger, yeah. Way more He's... than most of you who've been rod building a long time. I know way more than me. So the, the, you got to remember that all of their equipment is sort of informed by that practical experience and trying to keep it simple and trying to be durable and try and making it easy to work, right? So. Yeah. Um, what I've learned is don't, you know, give it a try. And if you've never yep. sat down and tried it, try it. Uh, you will yep. never buy another motor cause they're never going to burn out. And yeah, go ahead. You were going to say something. It, it, well, it, here's another thing. If you buy a flex coat product and you're not happy with it, you call me. I'm, I don't want anybody out there going, screw that thing or that didn't work or whatever. I'm having right. trouble. You call me, I'm going to make it right. Yeah. If I need to send you a new bottle of finish. If I need to send you, uh, I'll send you uh, a new motor and I'll send you a call tag to return that one. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. Absolutely. I don't want anybody dissatisfied with any Flexco product. That's awesome. And that's just hands down. And you mentioned Craig, you know, Craig's, uh, Craig is great. He's been at Flexco for, I don't know how many years, whatever I've been there. As long as triplet. I've been talking to y'all. Yeah. Maybe, maybe triplet. And he is he's kind of the the business manager slash shipping manager yep. he gets an order in it's going out the door yep. like he he does not take a break to where like yeah we we're gonna wait till tomorrow to get this one out no right. he gets it out the door yep. as soon as he can yep and that's just the way he does it you yep. know so we got it we got a pretty good team at Flexcoat that we communicate we're all on the same page you know, I always tell Craig, I go, Craig, if you ever get a phone call, and I like to take most of the phone calls just because I like to talk to people. But I go, Craig, if you ever get a call that you just can't handle, you just throw it to me. And if I ever get a call that I can't handle, I'll throw it to you, you know? Yeah. I, I'm, I'm, it's a stretch to think of a call you got either one of you couldn't handle. But yeah, I mean, Craig is very knowledgeable. I mean, he's been around it forever. Uh, and he's yeah. like me. He went to high school with Roger's kids. And, you know, like we're, you know. Craig is uh, a few years older than me. Uh, I'm 47. I don't know his age, but he's, you know, he's a few years older than me, but we, you know, we're from the same generation. Yeah. So we, we get all the same jokes. We quote all the same dumb movies and we have a good time. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. What are the most common questions when you take these phone calls, anything that you're always getting called and asked that you want to just go ahead and cover now? One that's funny to me is we just recently, maybe within the last five years, we've been putting those uh, stoppers, uh, those bottle to syringe the adapters. The syringe adapters. I love and, those things. Yeah, And the ones that we sell have like a self-sealing little mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. nipple or whatever you call it, yeah. you know. Aperture hole. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it's self-sealing. You could literally, you know, it's not going to leak. You don't, you almost don't even need to put the lid on the bottle anymore. Once you I shove don't, that. I don't put down the lid on the bottle anymore. So, yeah. you know, with, we had a problem where we were just putting those in the two ounce kits forever. And we sell them separately on our website. Mm -hmm. We put them in the two ounce kits and then we'd be getting phone calls. What are these? Okay. And I'm just like, you know, I, and, and this is the way I think about it. You know, I, 
I've been by, I got four kids. They're still young, you know, children's Tylenol comes yeah. with that thing in there with right. no directions or explanation right. ever. And I'm like, I've always known what that thing was for, you know, I, <laughs> you know, and I just, I scratched my head a little bit. I'm like, all right, you know, I'm trying to, trying to say empathetic here and, and, right. and, and humble and everything. And, and we explain, and I'll explain anything to anybody over the phone. That's fine. But you know, Roger wants us to put in. So now we put in these little explanations on yeah. a little strip of paper in there. Yeah. And then one day I you can't write this bill. Okay. Someone called me and said, Hey, what is that piece of paper for? You're supposed to eat it. And, yeah. uh, and I was like, well, it's, it. and he's like, yeah, I know what the syringe adapters were for, but it says on the piece of paper, do not throw away. And I'm like, well, it's, I'm talking about the syringe adapters. Don't throw yes. those. <laughs> so anyway, it's just, it's those kind of things that John, make me laugh. You know, maybe somebody just wanted to talk to you. Maybe it's your maybe winning so. personality and they just wanted to get a little phone time with you. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe so. We're going to get one angry comment that pans this podcast and we're going to know that's who it was. Yeah. He's going to be like, you <laughs> son of a gun. Listen. Yeah. But Hey, you know, I'm, I'm looking over my notes here and I do want to mention this. So my philosophy at Flexcoat when I got there, and I'm not saying I had this when I got there, but I kind of came into it Okay, and I probably heard it somewhere. So it's not as like many things that I do. It's not original to me, which is fine, but, yeah, this is kind of my philosophy. It you know working and doing what I do at Flexcoat, it's all about maintain, sustain, and grow Flexcoat. Yep. Okay. Now maintain and sustain that almost sounds like the same thing, but if you look it up, it's they're really not. So by maintain, I mean take what we have, which Flexcoat has great things, great things to offer, knowledge, yep. products. So maintain those. If there's any little problem, like for example. I personally redid all the Flexcoat labels yep. about six, eight years ago. I don't remember when it was. And that was a huge undertaking because yeah, the bet. labels that we had were going back to the 80s. Okay. They were just old looking labels, which is fine because when a rod builder wants to use the same old Flexcoat they used in the 80s, they're like, oh, there it is. There's something comfortable and familiar about that. Yeah, sure. So when we're redesigning it, Roger was like, I don't want to lose that. Mm-hmm. It's got to look the same. It's got to yep. be familiar. Yep. So I worked really hard. If you pick up a current bottle of Flexcoat, whether it's our finish, our glues, our five-minute epoxy, whatever it is, any label you pick up, if it's not the old one, because there's still a couple that I haven't gotten to yet to redo, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I have personally sat down on my computer and worked on that label for many, many hours to get everything perfect. Interesting. You know, the look, the... Prop 65 warnings, you know, all that kind of stuff. So yep. that's like maintain, right? Like make it better, fix any problems, keep it going. Yeah. And sustain is keep what's good, you know? Yeah. If there's something that's just not selling, hey, do we like the five sixteenths? Five sixteenths inch bit, you know, like maybe, maybe we should. You just get rid gotta, of that. you just gotta poke the bear. You gotta put salt in that wound. <laughs> you just can't so, let it go. So I've, you know, I've got to try to weed stuff out. Why are we yep. doing this? Why are we right. doing it that way? Yeah. Yeah. Um, one example, another example of, of this kind of stuff. And again, I don't want to speak like I'm a freaking genius. And I walked into Flexcoat and just started telling everybody what to do. And this is the better way to do it. Any idiot off the street could have walked in because you get people that have just been doing a certain thing for decades and they don't question it. You get yeah, you put the blinders right. on. You're like, this is the way we do this. You right. know. Yeah. 
So uh, we were, uh, I was watching our gentleman. Dan is another gentleman. He's a part-timer. He comes in and does a lot of assembly for us. He is an institution yeah. at Flexco. You okay. will never talk to him on the phone, by the way. But he's there, and we love Dan. And uh, one we day love I was, you, Dan. Yeah, I was I was watching him doing our hand rod wrappers, and he was taking apart the tension devices, take them all apart, put them in a bag, and then put instructions in there on how to reassemble them. And I'm like, why aren't we taking those apart? You know. And I yeah. finally asked. I worked up the courage <laughs> to ask him why we're doing that, and he's like, well, they won't fit in the box, right? Yep. And I'm like, okay. Give me one of those boxes. Mm-hmm. So he gives me a box and I take a tension device and I just start kind of working with it. And I, you know, the, 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 uh, where the, uh, dovetail slides, mm-hmm. that slot. Yeah. I just, I took that tension device and I just said, well, maybe it could just fit right down in that slot. And I closed the box and I said, holy cow, I think I just saved us a hundred man hours a month, you know, <laughs> on labor. And his so least and, favorite part of the job, yeah, yeah. And I went and I went and showed Roger, and he's like, "Yeah, it's it's all right," but he didn't get too fired up about it. And I showed right. Dan, and Dan was like, "I'm not doing it that way. We've been doing it this way forever, you know, whatever." So <laughs> a year goes by, right? And I I come into Flex Hill one morning, and I'm just I had an edge to me that morning, Bill. I don't know okay. what it was, but I saw Dan over there taking, and you can cut any of this out. No, I want to hear it. I saw Dan taking those tension devices apart and I just couldn't handle it and I just got fired up and I went and I got Roger and I go Roger come here I go he's out there taking those things apart it's costing us money it's you know whatever and I I just don't think it's a smart thing to do and I was fired up I I didn't say this but I had it in my eyes it's either me or this (laughs) and and, uh, I laugh about it now but I wasn't laughing that day no and sound like it and Roger goes Dan, do it the way John says to do it. And we've been doing it that way ever since. Well, and we just, we, you know, it's just those kinds of things. Yeah. Anybody could walk in and say, well, why are you doing it this way? Why are you taking it apart and then putting instructions for the person to put it? And then we were getting phone calls. Hey, I'm missing a part. The spring fell. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. That's all I got. Well, I'm glad, I'm glad you got to carry the day on that one. Yeah. So I, that, that's what I like to bring. I like to bring like, the guy that asks all the dumb questions. Yeah. Hey, I got another dumb question and they're not all good yeah. ideas, by the way. Yeah. I won't tell you all the bad ones. <laughs> Some of them so. might be interesting. I don't know. One, one person's bad idea is, uh, is another person's good idea. You never know. Yeah. I, you know, and, and that's, that's, that's also what I try to encourage at Flexcode. Like I've told Craig and Dan and everybody, I'm like, Hey, if you guys have an idea, I want to hear it. Right. You know? And right. like, whenever I'm redoing a label, I always go, Hey, come over here. What do you think about that? Does right. that look good? Because right. you look at this stuff for hours and then you just yeah. don't even have an opinion anymore. Yeah. It's like staring at a word for too long and you're like, the spelling seems strange then, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. You just can't see it for what it is anymore. Exactly. I get it. So I know what you, exactly what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I mean, that's, I feel like we covered a lot here, Bill. We did. Uh, it was wonderful. Uh, and it yeah. was sort of naturally occurring. I was going to, I was going to ask you, is there anything else you wanted to cover that we didn't or anything you want me to ask you or anything else we want to tee up? Anybody else you want to thank any other shout outs to your kids or wife or anybody? I definitely want to thank my wife. Greatest thing that ever happened to me, Bill. Attaboy. No question. So, and she's downstairs. I will tell you a story about how I first met Roger. Okay. Yeah, I that? would love to. So basically, 
I, I mentioned I went to uh, Dripping Springs, you know, school district here, and his kids went there too. Okay. And uh, I was in, I guess it was eighth grade. I think I said it was seventh grade earlier, but it was eighth grade. And I was in a shop class, okay? And we were building stuff like rubber band cars and CO2 cars and oh wow, crush designs and just lots of fun shop stuff. You it know, sounds whatever, cool, yeah. Whatever the teacher wanted to assign. And then all of a sudden, Mr. White's was his name. He said, hey, we're going to have uh, Mr. Cedars come in here and we're going to do fishing rods all next month. And I'm just like, fishing rods, what is this? So, you know, Roger comes in and he, Roger's a presence, Especially, yeah. and he used, Roger used to be a shop teacher. Oh, I so, didn't know that. That makes yes, a lot of sense. Yeah. You should ask him about that. He's got a lot of great stories about <laughs> being a shop teacher. Oh I my bet. gosh. I bet. And uh, so he walks in and he knows how to be a shop teacher. It, yeah. Hey, if you want to know what I think, Roger at heart is an instructor. Yeah. He is in his element when he's got a group's attention and he's yeah. instructing. Yep, because he does really well there. Oh, I, I he, he we got into the ICRVE this year for the last year for the first time in a while, and he did a great job. And y'all seminars were some of the most packed. We tried. No, I mean they were. It was uh the the turnout was phenomenal. Yeah, it it was fun. I I yeah. I'm not gonna. I, spoiler alert. I'm not gonna be at the ICRVE this year. Doesn't Ooh. look like. Yeah. I hey Ooh. I I I want to be there, but you know I got some personal stuff I got to take care of too. So. And I'll leave it at that, Ooh. but uh, you know what it is, Bill. But you know, <laughs> I'm but just anyway, not going to keep me from giving you a hard time about it, though. <laughs> I get it, and I love you for it. So <laughs> that's my love language, by the way. Oh yeah, talking trash. Oh, All yeah. right. Well, hey, I like it. I'm I'm good with it. I'm very comfortable in that. I, I, I and that's uh, Dan Cisneros, the guy who does our assembly. That's his love language too. And yeah. I've never seen that guy smile bigger than when I hammer him. Oh yeah, <laughs> and well. it's just great. That's how he knows uh, so you anyway, care. That's right. Yeah, yeah. So Roger and me too. When he gets me, it's just we we it's it's a two way street. Yeah. So Roger comes into the class. He, I I remember in, in particular what he talked about. He he got down to dollar figures. He's like, you know, I made this book on how to build, and this is back in 90, 1990, 1991. Yeah. And he and he says, he says, you know, I got this book start to fit. Just selling this book yearly i make twelve thousand dollars you know or whatever it was and i and i you know that caught my attention i'm just yeah, like oh yeah. you can just sell a little book and to me that Have was a lot money. of money yeah yeah and uh you know i was like wow this guy's amazing and we he taught us how to build a fishing rod i built a little ultralight fishing rod i was so proud of it he would he would have us practice on arrow shafts you know ah. just sitting sitting on the you'd have a coffee cup behind you on your yep. stool and you sit on the thread and you'd wrap it on your legs and you would practice on these arrow shafts. What a and great idea. You would yeah. call you like, Roger, look, look what I got. I, I think I got it. And he'd come over and he'd look at it and he'd have this little exacto knife. He's like, that's pretty good. And he would just reach up and cut it off and go do it again. <laughs> <laughs> and it would just break your heart. You'd, yeah. you'd look yeah. at him. You'd be want to be mad. You'd be like, all right, I'll do it again. Yes, I'm so not. you just yeah. practice, practice, practice. You got your rod. You built it. Right. I built my rod. It was black thread, silver tags. I was so proud of it. I yeah. took it to I took it to my grandparents' house that summer in uh, Lafours, Texas, up in the Panhandle. There you go. You know where that is. I'm proud of you. <laughs> and uh, we were going to go fishing on Lake Greenbelt, and he took me to Walmart. He bought me a. I'd never had a spinning rod. Yeah. He bought me a spinning reel, and I was put it on there. I was stringing it. I remember the spinning reel. It said, "Cast a country mile 
on it. I don't yeah. know what brand it was. It was something cheap. Yeah. And I, I was getting it all done up and everything. And then my, my lure was over there. So I was going to get up off my grandmother's couch and go over there, and get it. And I stepped over my rod and I got tangled in the line and broke the rod. Oh, or no. I even fished it. So brutal. I'd love to tell you, I've never done anything like that, but, uh, I, I actually have, it was not my first rod. That would have been a hard one to come back from for me. But. Yeah. And I didn't build another rod for many, many, many years after that, but I always kept that broken rod in my, uh, in my closet until one day I just, I don't remember what I did with it. I think I threw it away, but it no longer I, you inspired know, you. That, and, and that's the story I tell the rod builders that, you know, I'm like, Hey, nothing gets you over this one, like the next one. And the you're not going to, exactly right. you're not going to build the perfect rod out of the gate. It's going to be right. an evolution, right? You're going to, you know, don't spend a ton of money on your first rod, please. Right. You know, get something simple, keep it simple. We believe performance, performance, performance yep. is where you should lock into rod yep. building. I don't know, Bill, I feel like we could go on and go on and go on, but well, I don't know. I, I'm happy, man. I'm happy Good. if you're happy. I'm happy. Well, I'm happy too. Well, thank you so much, John Cates. You got it. Director at Flexcoat for joining us. Uh, really appreciate it. And, and again, John left his, his number, but you can reach him at Flexcoat at gmail.com. Gmail.com. They're very quick to answer questions, can give you tips or pointers about using any of their equipment. If you got a rod building problem you're trying to solve, certainly recommend talking to John and the guys at Flexcode and, uh, and they'll get you straightened out and are, are just a huge resource. I know for me and appreciate everything you guys do for the rod building community as well. Yeah. Hey, I appreciate you doing this bill. Oh, my pleasure. My pleasure. And if you'd ever told anybody that we were going to have Flexcode on and we weren't going to spend a single minute talking about uh finisher adhesive, they wouldn't have believed yeah. it, but we did, we did it until the, we did a brief second or two in there. I yeah, got it in a little good. bit. It's all good. Well, <laughs> hey, man, happy holidays. Thanks for being on. And uh, yeah. thanks so much for listening to the Mastering Rod Building Podcast. Please remember to like and subscribe and download wherever you get your podcast content. We'll see you next time. All right. No, I don't mind. Yeah, one, so, one, if I could just say real quick. Please. One thing I really appreciate about you, Bill, is that you're, you, you're about community, right? Mm -hmm. You're not into this like you know, that sucks. This sucks. This is good. This, you know, you believe, and we've talked about this, you believe there's room for everybody, There is everybody yeah. that, that is good and decent and wants to make a good product and contribute. There's room for all of that. And that's what I like about you and what you're doing at anglers resource, this podcast, well, and I just the it. way that you talk to people. Well, man, it's, it's like, it's, we, it's really silly that when you look at the times that we've had setbacks as a rod building community, it's, yeah. or as, as people who are kind of in the rod building component business and yeah. the rod building business, which you certainly are, I would consider that I am at Angler's Resource. It's like yeah. personality and ego. It's like a bunch of stupid little stuff. It's like, so uh, thank you. And I appreciate, you know, yeah. your contribution, you know, for me, one of the things that I've come to appreciate so much as I've gotten older and frankly, as I can afford to buy things, mm -hmm. which I couldn't when I was young and broke, yeah, which is where a lot of us start out, you know, um, I always know that if I buy something flex coat, it's going to work yeah. period and it's going to last. And if I ever have a problem, I can pick up the phone and call you. And I just, I yep. think in this day and age, when you think about stuff that's actually American made and and they stood behind like I you you've thrown down a gauntlet and 
by giving your direct phone number and email address and not hiding from customers and being willing to talk up to anybody about anything at any time. I mean, I just yeah. think it reflects kind of the integrity you guys operate with and your, your ethos and, and your, your pillar of the, the community, um, whether it's for OEMs or whether it's for custom rod builders. And so just appreciate y'all very much. Um, and I, I look forward to having Roger on to tell the story because it, it's a great story. Um, yeah, yeah. And I think we've got a whole generation of people younger than us that probably haven't heard it. So I, I, yeah. I can't wait to include it. I mean, when you had Vic on, I had the pleasure of having a dinner with him at the last ICRB. Yep. We, uh, we just kind of met in the lobby and, yep. and I was like, Hey, Roger's about to be down in a minute. We should all go over here and get some black and po' boys. Yeah. I got my secret black and po' boy place. Did I? Oh yeah. I was going to say, we, we were getting you? lunch from there. Do we want to talk about it? Yeah. We, I, I ran out and got you some one of the days. Yeah, or yeah. That may have so been that two place years ago. I can't remember. Yeah, that place was awesome, and uh, it's. I think it's changed hands, but I. It's funny because this last time I went, it's changed hands since then. And I went in yeah. there, and I go, "Hey, I see you got the shrimp po' boy, but it doesn't say blackened on here." And they're like, "Yeah, we can't do that." And then she went and talked to the chef, and he goes, "He could do that for you." Okay, so I was like, "Cool, black and po' <laughs> like, boy." Dude, I came on. from Texas for this, and I'm putting all my cre- my street cred on the line by ordering shrimp in North yeah, Carolina. I, like, you got to hook think, a brother up. I think every time I go to that show, I probably eat about six of those in a weekend. Oh yeah. It's but. good. It's good. I, I'm a fan of a Jimmy John sandwich and it's easy and they'll bring it to you, but that one's worth getting out of there just to get the, the yeah. black and po' boys. Sit that at the was bar definitely just... a John Kate's discovery two years ago. Do you remember the name of the place? I could walk right to it. It's just a block away from the convention. It's, it's, it, you know where the Jimmy John's is? No, it's I just know. around the corner it's there. It's right there, but it's like, is it called King George Pub or something? It's got a I weird don't name. Know. It's got a name I different than you would think. Anyway, but it's great. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll add but, it to the notes if we can. But we had Vic. It. We, we had Vic oh, yeah. there and it was yeah. me, Vic, and Roger. And I never met Vic. So yeah. Vic's just regaling me with these stories. And I've heard bits and pieces over there about right. this and that drama right. or whatever right. it was. Yeah. And he's filling in all the gaps. Oh yeah. And I, I'm I sure he knows like, all of it for two and a half hours. He, Vic's doing 98% of the talking, right. which I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I was <laughs> loving it. And I did about 1.9% of the talking and Roger filled in that last 0.1%. Right. I mean, it was just, it was, it was amazing. And then I listened to your podcast with him. He told a lot of those stories exactly the same way. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That dude has got a mind like a steel trap. You know, Tom Kirkman and I were talking about this. That's, that's so remarkable to me. And look, when I interview folks for the podcast, a lot of people go to the trouble you did of preparing notes, right? Like they kind of want to get it right. They want to have some dates and times they know are going to come up. Vic didn't have a note. No. I mean, he was like, I remember it was January 11th. That the, dude's that, amazing. He's got a crazy memory. Amazing. I mean, it's a really exceptional memory. Yeah. At, at, at any age. And he's my senior, you know, which makes it, whether it should or shouldn't, makes it even more impressive to me. I mean, you could make a movie out of that dude's life. Truly. Tru- maybe, maybe we should. <laughs> maybe we should. I mean, it's just, wow. They're not, they're not going to make one about my life. I can tell you that. <laughs> I hope they don't make one about mine. Yeah, I was going to say, it would be one of those deals where you got the handcuffs behind our backs yeah. if we made it to the screen. Hey, yeah. hey if we decide to make that movie, now I know my film my film uh, major. I could point you in the University right direction. <laughs> yeah, you might be the guy. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for your time. Yeah. 
That's going to wrap it up for this week. But if you'd like to be notified as soon as all new podcasts are released, just text the word FISHING to 587-317-6099. We'll add you to our email list so you can stay up to date. Thanks for listening.